to the sim podcast i'm your co-host eric and i'm always joined by my co-host ron what up ron what's going on this is the podcast where we talk about the national football league on a weekly basis including the playoffs let's go Okay, Ron. This is this is uh, for all the marbles right here. This is the big game. This is our Super Bowl review. How do you feel about these these two teams that made it to the finals? You know what? I'm I'm kind of excited. Um, I wouldn't have thought that. I think at the beginning of the or the middle of the season, um, at least for you know as far as the Bengals being a part of that, um, you know, being uh, one of the Super Bowl teams, but. I think it's going to be a pretty um, good matchup. Um, two really explosive offenses. Uh, so I, you know, I'm I'm happy with the the matchup we got. I think it's going to be a pretty decent game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, I definitely like the offense. It's going to be offensive city. But then when we always think about offense, then the defense comes through, and mm-hmm. you know, I feel like. We haven't seen a lot of offense in the Super Bowls unless uh, the Chiefs. Would you say the Chiefs were kind of involved in the high offense against the 49ers, right? Yeah, I mean they they scored pretty well. I mean the the um, the Bucks did pretty decent too. I think it was the defense though, like you said, that kind of stepped up um, in the Bucks Super Bowl last year. Um, you know, it's going to be a combination, I think, of, of both. Some, you know, someone on the field is going to have to make a play uh, on both sides of the ball, and uh, you know, whoever makes the most plays are going to end up winning the game. Yeah, well, and we'll we'll talk about the Super Bowl uh, competition, but first, um, I want to talk about a little bit more about this Brian Flores deal because I know the news broke last week, and it took. It was like a bombshell. So, what what do you think so far? Because not a lot of movement, but he did a lot of interviews during the week, right? Yeah, um, he came out uh, a couple different shows and uh, with his lawyers and spoke. I, you know, I watched the I watched when he was on uh, Get Up on ESPN, and um, I came out of that feeling that <laughs> he had just got off a plane or something. He wasn't quite ready and prepared for the uh, interview. Um, you know some of the questions like he should have been more prepared for the lawyer had to the lawyers had to step in a couple times um, I don't know what to make of this whole situation yet you know you and I talked about like the timing of this just seeming odd uh, considering he's still you know a candidate for a couple of um, positions or you know head coaching opportunities that are out there um, it just seemed a little bit odd to me but you know I think uh We'll, we'll see out as these next couple of weeks go, you know, how many people come come to his uh, back, come, you know, and stand up for him. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens with the uh, Texans, uh, you know, coaching vacancy there, too, because I know he's a, a, a finalist. Well, yeah, I think I am surprised that more, back, more people, like more black coaches aren't really stepping up. Like they're doing a lot of wait and see, and I, you know, not, I know that Hugh Jackson came up, but really Hugh Jackson, 
we, you know, he's not a. I, I would expect somebody like Tony Dungy, someone like Lavi Smith, someone like that with, you know, a winning record. But I don't know what's going on. Why are more people stepping in? You know, I don't. I don't know. And um, you know, there's there's plenty of people who I think would have had the opportunity. I was thinking about. Anthony Lynn, for example, I know he just got um, he just got offered a position this week. I forgot what the I think he's defensive coordinator for, for I forgot what team he's he's signed with. But you know, there's got to be some other not just black coaches either. You know, I'm, I was hoping to hear for some white coaches to be honest with you, um, jump in and say, hey, you know, this process hasn't worked you can look at the numbers or you know just come out and say something in in the de- defense of uh brian flores just to stick up for his character and um you know but that hasn't happened as yet yeah um i know anthony lynn is gonna be an assistant coach with the niners um i think the other change that i actually thought about about coaches is the uh, defensive coach for the Giants it's not going to be the defensive coach for the Raiders Um, and the Giants defense was actually decent and I know this is uh, the subject but are the Giants like do they want to lose because all they had going was a good defense now they have to start all over yeah I don't I don't know what they're trying to do um yeah, I just thought it was odd, but you know, going back to uh, Flores' incident, like I told you earlier, I think the NFL with their backpedaling at first, they were like, "No, these allegations are false," but now they're like, "No, we need to work on the hiring uh, process." So, what do you think the NFL is trying to do? I, I don't know, and you and I talked about this last week um, about how you know whoever is running, um, you know, who, whoever is, is supposed to be inter- handling media relations uh, or whatever for the NFL, they, they did a they've done a poor job um, to come out initially or like right off the bat and say the claims were meritless, and now to have to like black back pedal. Um, makes no sense. You know, I think you can just look at the numbers itself and, and say that the uh, lawsuit has merit without having to listen to any of the, uh, like the details or any of the, uh, the other facts of, um, you know, Flores' claims. The, the lawsuit's legitimate. Um, for the NFL to, to come out the way they did and now to have to go back and backtrack, it just makes them look bad. And, um, you know, I... I don't know what else to say other than the owners run the league. You know, it's Goodell's job to um, speak for the owners, and it's going to be extremely difficult to see any sort of change come out of this um, unless you have, you know, both black and white players as well as coaches, uh, GMs, uh, you know, stick up for Flores and say, we need we need change. Um and you know we're yet to see that actually happen so so i think do you think that there the nfl is you know obviously this is a fact now right they know that the hiring practices are wrong they know that the rooney rule is a sham so are they trying to avoid like the government 
basically snooping around their business are they because they if i feel like they're trying to do like a correction of themselves like they're trying to police themselves but is it really going to work i don't know um you know they say the only way to bring about change is by um suing and taking stuff to court um i i think they realize obviously that all of their practices the rooney rule everything that they're trying to do isn't working so but you know how do you convince um the owners to to change um you know i think you need to go to court and and come up with something constructive um you know for, for them to for you to actually see change because unless we get you know four five six black owners in the nfl um i feel like it's 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 not going to change unfortunately yeah that's just, and that's you know that's gonna be bottom up right so you need to start from the foundation get yourself some rich black folks get yourself because there's there's some diversity in the gm i was looking at it they have a lot of black gms they have a lot of they don't have any women gm but they have some kind of diversity but they're not in the coaches so it's it's almost like it's trickling in but it's it's not really you know this is a year 2022 it's not really going as fast as you would hope it would be right now with like other corporations right mm -hmm. and i think with the nfl they don't you know let's if i think about it like the nfl makes this money based on selling advertisement right so they say you know we're gonna have we're gonna charge this much if you want to put a commercial during our football games or at least the networks charge this much but what if you're part of a company and you say you know what our company is super diverse nfl is not diverse should we continue to advertise doing the nfl network because basically that's what it comes down to it's a bottom dollar right yeah but it's gonna be difficult to find companies to jump jump ship you know regardless of what the moral code is like i mean we've seen throughout history right you know look at uh what's his name joe rogan for example what's going on with him with spotify you think they're gonna kick him off the air when he's like their number one uh you know podcaster um and you think advertisers are gonna stop contributing um it's just difficult to to do that when you know at the end of the day uh like you said everyone is making making money out of the whole situation so um you know i i don't know what the answer is you know i i think it has to happen it'll only happen not just when it goes to court and all that stuff but it can i think change can only happen when all sides say we, we're ready for change black people have been saying this black and brown people have been saying they're ready for change for hundreds of years um and I'm not knocking white people uh, at all, but it, it needs I need to see something from uh, from from white people from a leadership standpoint to say, you know what, this is unacceptable. And it doesn't have to be someone as a GM level, but some of the coaches need to come out and say say something. At this point, the players need to come out and say something. Um, you know, everybody got to come out and, and we all got to be, you know, consistent. And on the same team uh, with this. That's the only way you're going to impact uh, change, I think. Well, I don't, I don't want to compare this 
Brian Flores lawsuit to, uh, you know, the George Floyd murders. But um, when the NBA players were ready to go on strike back in the summer of 2020, when all that took place, and they were said, you know what, the police are straight up killing black men, brown people, and they were ready to strike. Um, is the NFL not capable of doing that? The NFL players, you mean? Obviously, yeah, they are. Will they do it? You know, I, I don't think the, even the NBA, it wasn't necessarily easy to get everybody to come together and say we're going to do it. And it's a much smaller team, right? You only have, a, you know, a few people that are on the NBA team. NFL, you got a, you know, a bunch of players, some making extremely different salaries right some in the millions some in like the hundreds of thousands or whatever so a paycheck's important to some and for for others it's you know it's important but not as important so it's kind of hard to get everybody on the same page and and, you know that's what the union's there for but it's you know they if they were to come out and say oh we're not gonna play for example in the super bowl i guarantee you know, um, owners will take notice. Um, it will be a huge embarrassment on, on, on the NFL. Um, but I don't think that's, I, you know, that's, that's not going to happen. I don't think it's, it's, uh, even in, you know, the player standpoint, and I'm talking about black players at this point, they haven't been pushed to that point, uh, as yet. Um, and it's unfortunate, um, that they have it. You know, I think everyone's just stuck in, okay, I just need to look at myself. And they're not looking at the big picture. That's how we think. Uh, as You know, it's just as, as humans or whatever. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think it's going to be in the off season when we're going to start to have more conversations about, you know, what is it going to take to fix the Rooney Rule. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that if you wait till the off season. The NFL is going to come out with all these rules and mm-hmm. all these changes. And everybody's going to be like, oh, okay, at least you made a change. Yeah. At least you did that. And everybody's just going to sing along, blah, blah, blah. I think that you need to strike while the iron is hot, right? If Brian Flores come out with this lawsuit and you as a coach, former or current... <laughs> Well, the only current one is Mike Tomlin. But you know what I mean? Like, if you really want change, it's like you said, you have to step up and say, you know what? We're not going to play this game. Or if you're an NFL player, you say, you know what? I want to make change going forward. But it just seems like the Rams, especially the Rams, not much the Bengals, or maybe even the Bengals, it seems like, there is no stop in this game. This game is moving forward no matter what. Yeah, I mean, and the players are locked in. They, you know, this is what they, you know, practice all season for, lifted all those weights and all that stuff. So, I, you know, that part I get, I understand. Um, but sometimes, you know, you, you got to, like, look outside your box. And that's, you know, what the NBA did last year with George, George Floyd. Um, and say, you know what, we're, we're tired of this. We're not going to put up with it. Um, we need to, to have change. And you got to make sacrifices, right? Like not playing in a Super Bowl, you know, to me and you, it might not be a big deal. I'm sure it's a bigger deal to them. But, um, 
they got to figure out what can they do if it's if it's not going to be the Super Bowl. What what can they do? Uh, again, it's it's going to be during the off season. What can they do to come together um, to make the NFL as well as their owners realize that this situation is just not going to be brushed under the table and it's not going to just go away. Yeah, I mean, if one of their own, and I'm talking about Colin Kaepernick, if he protested peacefully and was still like, I know we had, you know, a president that was anti, anti uh, affirmative action, anti, you know, there's nothing wrong with uh, racism. There's no, actually, he said he was the least racist person. So I'm just saying. If you couldn't stand behind Kaepernick and do that stuff when, you know, that was just a protest where he took a knee. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Brian Flores' lawsuit, he's just going to be swept under the rug. Yeah, and that's why I think it's important for people to come together and stand by his side. Because, you know, I can see, you know, where he's kind of like left out, you know, by himself. And, you know, he... He gets blackballed um, and, you know, he, we're just talking about him like we talk about Kaepernick and no change happens whatsoever. Well, that that was that was I mean, I know that this week he does have a chance to get the Texas job, but I fully I fully, you know, foresee in his future that he's not going to get any job whatsoever because it's going to be hard to trust him after, you know, he was coach under Belichick for like 20 plus years, 10 plus years. And then he just out of the blue, just let the, let the text, the text show. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if you can trust a guy after he does that. I think that he knows that there's a very, very slim chance that he gets to coach again in the NFL. But like he mentioned in the lawsuit, this is much bigger than exactly. Than it is, and I think everyone else needs to realize that and accept that too. Yeah, so we'll definitely keep an eye uh, on this lawsuit for next week. So uh, on to the game, the big game, the Super Bowl between the Rams and the Bengals. So when before you got here, I was like trying to look to like. Because I couldn't figure out how the Bengals, on a 10-7 and 7 record, won three in a row, are playing in the Super Bowl. And like I mentioned to you earlier, they have a great offense. And then I was like, but the defense has been, you know, they've actually followed through with everything. They shut down who they need to shut down. They stop who they need to stop. So, you know philosophically i'm asking you how are the Bengals playing in the super bowl mojo swag you know whatever you want to call it that the playoffs and i've we've seen this before when teams get hot and they start to play with confidence uh and they feel like they're the you know people treat them as the underdog but they have it you know they believe in each other um anything can happen so you know, they, they're a good football team. They've shown that uh, throughout the year. They've been inconsistent um, at, you know, showing that throughout the year. But 
you know that when you get into the playoffs, and I've I've always said this, it doesn't matter who you are, if you're a, you know, if if you're the team that has the bye week, or if you're one of the wild card teams, it's up for grabs, and anyone can make it. Um, you know, it's a completely different season, and if your team's relatively healthy, which they are, um, if your if your team, you know, is is playing with that confidence. Uh, you know, then then you have a chance, and that's you know that's that's why they're here. You know, they believe in each other, and I think they're a really good football team. And I think the Rams um, are not going to take them lightly at all. Um, so I, you know, I think we're in for a really really good game. Well, I was looking at the Bengals' um, record and who they beat during the regular season. So. They won. They beat the Vikings by three. Then they lose to the Bears by three. Um, they beat the Steelers 24-10. They beat the Jaguars. Not a big deal. But they beat them by three again. They lose to the Packers. But the Packers, they only scored 25 points. Mm-hmm. And they only lost by three points. So, and then they win against the Lions. They, they win against the Ravens convincingly 41 to 17 and you think at that point you're like wow the Cincinnati Bengals is a good team Mm -hmm. because you think oh well the Ravens are a pretty good team but then they lose to the Jets by three they lose to the Browns and look at the points they gave up in those games yeah 34 and 41 Mm -hmm. and then you think wow maybe this defense doesn't really have it because I mean Scoring 31 up against the Jets, I mean, that's not a big deal. But giving up 34 points, that is a big deal. Mm -hmm. So they lose against the Browns. They beat the Raiders. They beat the Steelers again. Steelers can only muster 10 points. We know the Steelers fools there. Then they lose to the Chargers, 41 to 22. So it's like, if I go back to the losses... They lost against the Jets, 34. They lost against the Browns, 41. They lost against the Chargers, 41. Um, they This team can give up a lot of points, right? <laughs> yeah, they can. They can. So it's And I think I talked to you before, the, before we started recording that. They were pretty tough against the uh, run, mm-hmm. but they were almost in the middle of the pack to their last against the pass. So would we say that passing... Would it be an advantage for the Rams? Well, not necessarily. That's the thing because, uh, you know, obviously Stafford, um, you know, Odell Beckham and, and those guys, those receivers are really, really good. But you can't sleep on what Burrow's doing with Jamar and Higgins and, uh, you know, his his receiving court either. You know, I it, if this gets into a shootout, I guess is what I'm saying – the Bengals can win those games because they've proven that they they have done that against Kansas City, right? They scored, you know, um, thirty four against Kansas City. Um, they're capable of winning those type of games. Um, now, does it mean that they'll go in, uh, you know, next week and you know score thirty something and win, you know, automatically? Not necessarily. Uh, the Rams are kind of a different animal. Um, there, someone on defense is going to have to step up and make a play or two. Uh, that's all it takes in any game. 
uh, one or two plays, you know, a turnover here or, you know, a fourth down stop or something uh, to change the momentum of a game, um, you know, for, for them to, to win. So, you know, as far as the offensive advantage, I see this as a tie, to be honest with you. I think both offenses are good. Um, you know, obviously, the, the I think both receivers are good. I think the difference to me is probably going to be in the running game uh, with with Mick Mixon versus uh, Akers. Um, I think you know whoever wins that battle will probably come out on on top. Who rushes the ball better? I think that they're they're definitely equal on the offense um, as far as putting up points. I just don't like the Bengals' offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was one game in particular that was kind of strange. So they won. They beat the Broncos, fifteen to ten. And Broncos' defense is pretty good defense. So would you compare the Broncos' defense to the Rams' defense? Yeah, um, for the most part, I think they're uh, just about even. You know, I, I do think the Rams' defense is. I've said this. You know, for the last like two years, they're a little bit overrated just because they have some they have some stars. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, you don't want to fall into a situation where you're like third and long, you know, consistently third and long, because then they'll they'll, you know, pin their ears back and, and kill you. If but if, if this is a close game and you're able to have some success running the ball, um, then, yeah, I mean, you can score on the Rams. Um you know, but at the same time, you know, Aaron Donald, uh, you know, he, at any point he's capable of just uh, making a huge play and just killing a drive and forcing you into a, a, a bad turnover or something. So, you know, Joe Burrow and you know, the rest of the offense, they're going to have to be careful. Uh, they're going to have to get down the field and score points, but they're going to have to be careful in, in, in their approach and how they do. They got to mix it up for sure. Uh, running and passing. So why would you say the Bengals would need to like win this game outright and have the Rams, you know, not be nipping at their heels every time they have the ball? Well, I think the Rams are going to be nipping at their heels regardless. I don't think any team's going to, you know, jump out into a huge lead where it's, you know, it's kind of out of control. So I think for the Bengals, they're going to have to withstand that pressure from the Rams. Um, and, you know, they're, they're going to have to continue to score points, right? They can't go down and kick field goals. They'll have to score touchdowns because the Rams will, will that's what the Rams are going to do. So they're going to have to match them. Um, you know, for, for my eyes, what they need to do to win, um, they need to be... Uh, they need to mix it up. They need to protect Joe Burrow. They did that last, you know, last week. He didn't get sacked at all. Uh, I think Jamar Chase needs to have a huge game, you know, 150 plus yards. And I think, you know, Mixon has to get his 20 plus carries as well. You know, I think he needs to be involved for sure, just to take some pressure off of Joe. Um, so, you know, I think that's what the Bengals need to do. And then, uh, you know, obviously on defense, like I said, it just takes one tipped ball or somebody on defense just make one one big play um, for them to get a critical stop. But it's it is going to come down to like in my eyes to the fourth quarter and, and who makes that 
that stop on defense. Yeah, I think and I think the Rams I know they have a bunch of pro bowls on defense and they they have a lot of uh rushing uh rushing uh weapons on defense. But then I looked at their schedule and their schedule, I mean, it wasn't the hardest schedule, but you know, they they actually they weren't as inconsistent as Cincinnati, but you know they beat the Bears, they beat the Colts, they beat the Bucks, which to us, to you was a surprise. To me, it was not a surprise. Uh, they then they lose to the Cardinals, you know. But the way that they lost to the Cardinals, there was a you know is out of the four games so far, uh, they put up thirty four points, or at least they put up. 30 points twice mm-hmm. so you know they they can score they can score at will when they want to then they lost to the Cardinals. then they win four in a row again in those four games they scored twice over 30 points so you know when you compare the rams against cincinnati cincinnati put 40 points here and there but i feel like the rams are more consistent on their offense right yeah, for the most part, especially now, you know, as we got into the postseason, they're they're scoring, you know, twenty plus points. They put up twenty against the 49ers, and that's a really good 49ers defense. Score thirty about against the Bucks, thirty four against the the Cardinals. But you know, in the regular season, there were some games they were winning. They only had twenty points. So, you know, I, you know, I think it, the teams only go go as far as Stafford takes them. At the end of the day. Yeah, there wasn't when I look at the offense, there was during the regular season, there wasn't one game where they scored less than twenty points. Well well not I'm I'm correction. They did lose against the 49ers and it was a uh a Niners and Titans. It was sixteen and ten points. But then the rest they scored over twenty points. So they can score points. Um this offense can score points. I just feel like you mentioned earlier, it's it's gonna come down to what Stafford because he has the weapons, right? Mm-hmm. He has the the wide receivers, he has the tight ends, he has acres in the backfield. So it's you know it comes down to I think that Stafford, if he's having a good game, forget it. The Bengals don't have a chance. But if Joe Burrow's having a bad game, he can f- turn that around. I don't know if Stafford can turn that around. You mean to start the game? Yeah. <clears throat> to yeah. Start the game, yeah. Well, yeah. But, you know, I, Joe Burrow, to me, cannot have a bad game. And for them to, like, win. You know, Stafford, you know, him too. He can't have – neither of these teams can have – quarterbacks can have a game where they throw, you know, multiple interceptions and expect to to win unless the other team's doing the same thing. Um because I just don't think their defense, both sides, are capable enough to making, you know, two, three, four turnovers in a game. I don't, I don't think that's what's going to happen. Um, you know, I, who do I trust more? I, I don't know because I love Stafford. I think he's a great quarterback. You know, and you know, obviously, he's had some success uh, in Detroit, but was never able to take him over the hump. But he's a veteran. 
Um, and, you know, part of me trusts that more than Joe Burrow. It's only his second year. Uh, but there's just something about swag that, you know, you just can't. It doesn't matter what the numbers say. When you're playing, like I said, with confidence, that shows uh, on the field. And, um, you know, if if uh, when Burrow gets hot, when Chase gets hot, you know, it's it, they're just like an unbelievable uh, duo. And it's going to be hard to stop. Um, I, I am really interested to see who's going to have more receiving yards. Is it going to be Cooper Cup? Uh, and more receptions to Cooper Cup or Jamar Chase, because that can also determine who's going to win win the game. If if Cooper just goes off, or even if he doesn't go off, he just does his thing. He always does his thing, right? If he gets like ten catches, like under twenty yards or something like that, and Chase only gets like six catches and is non relevant, then the, to me that's probably not a good sign at all. Um, but you know, I I think you know, like I said. Whoever steps up on defense just makes a play or two. I think that's going to be your winner. So what do the Rams need to do to win this game? Avoid turnovers for sure. Um, You know, continue to get the ball, not just to Cooper Cup, but keep Odell Beckham involved. Uh, Run the ball. You know, um, I don't know how much they trust Akers, but they're going to have to... lean on him just a little bit um and then defensively don't give up the big play uh, because just like the rams do with cooper cup in terms of big plays that's what jamar Chase is too you know he's a big play that can happen at any moment they, so they got to keep him contained uh if they do that they're gonna win i don't see them winning easily this is not gonna be not that the bucks game was like completely easy but it's not gonna be a game where the, you know, they they take control like at the first half and they kind of like walk away and fall asleep at the end. Um, this is a game that I think they'll have to like play all fourth quarters, um, you know, and be focused to, to make sure they win. Yeah, I mean, we've I've seen Super Bowls where the first quarter you almost have to like throw it away because. It almost feels like both teams are feeling each other out and both teams are like trying to see which play works and which play doesn't. Um, and then the second quarter is when you actually see some points. So who do you see in the Super Bowl striking first? The Bengals or the Rams? Whoever gets the ball first, <laughs> you know. Um I think both teams offensively are going to come out and, and score right away. Um, whether it's a field goal um, or a touchdown, I think there's going to be lots of scoring, and whoever gets the ball first is is going to score first. I don't see a three and out to start the game, and I don't see a slow start. To going back to your point, I don't see a slow start happening this game. I think this, there's going to be a sense of urgency because I think both teams realize that the other team's capable of like exploding at any point. Um, there's going to be a sense of urgency to make sure that they come away with points each and every time uh, that they have a possession. So, um, you know, whoever gets the ball first is going to score, and I think whoever gets, you know, has it second is going to answer. So that's the type of game I expect. Yeah, I mean, that would be ideal because then that would that would continue the trend that we've been seeing of people going at on fourth and short. 
high scoring game but you know i have a feeling that somebody's gonna get you know somebody's gonna get the ebgvs when it comes it's either stafford because he's never played in a super bowl or it's either gonna be joe burrows because it's his first time in the super bowl he's just even though we know that he doesn't blink but i think even if joe burrows doesn't blink i think his teammates might i don't know i just i don't think that this is gonna be a high scoring first half i do feel like somebody's defense is gonna step up and say enough enough is enough we made it this far uh i have an inkling that might be the rams defense but again i i i like i like super bowls where the defense steps up mm-hmm and and you know i think that super bowl the bucks it was too easy for them uh the super bowl before that with the 49ers and chiefs it really didn't get going until the second half and then the super bowl before that which was the uh patriots la that was i mean that was but i think the final score was 13 to 7 or something like that it was it was definitely a board but i just I don't see, especially when you talk about the Rams' defense, they need, this is the highest stage, this is the highest stage that you can compete at, right? Mm-hmm. So, are you going to play play to the competition level, or are you just going to sit back and let the Bengals do their thing? Yeah, so, and this is where I think the coaching is, you know, comes becomes a big factor, because... You know, coming going back to your point where teams come out, it's usually because the coaches are unwilling to make a an error. Um, they want to try to run through their you know first five set of plays they play to, to get a, a rhythm. Like I said, I don't think that's going to happen offensively. I think they're going to you know try to um, definitely like air it out and um, you know get things going, but. On defense, you know, I think defensively they're going to play really conservative uh, to start the game. You're not going to see, and that's why I think it's going to lead to, you know, a team going up and down the field because no one's going to want to make a play, a huge, you know, uh, you know, no one's going to want to fuck it up right in the first quarter on defense and allow Cooper Cup, for example, to just blow right by him. Uh, no one's going to want Jamar Chase to like go streaking down the sideline, not double cover him. So I think on defense, they're going to play a little bit conservative and, you know, they'll feel it a little, a little out more on defense. Um, and, um, you know, I, I expect to see some points, you know, before halftime. I won't be shocked if both teams, you know, score more than like 17 by the time we get to halftime. Well, the I think the uh, over and under right now is forty nine points, so both teams would need to score like twenty four points each, or you know, something close to that by the time the game's over. So, what's your prediction? You know, and this could change obviously because we're recording this on Sunday. But what do you think will happen in the first half of the game? I think you're going to see like a 20 to 17, you know, 18 to 17 type score in the uh, in the first half. And it can be, you know, it can go either way, um, you know, in the first half. So 
I could see it e- either way. You could see either team being up, but they're both of them scoring. So you think that they're going to be up to like 40, 40, 42 points by, by the half? Well, thirty. I'd say 34. If it's 17-17, it's 34. If it's 2017, then you're, you're talking about 37 points at that point. So, so that that that's a lot of points for a Super Bowl, right? Yeah, it is. You know, for halftime, for sure. Um, but again, I I don't think in a Super Bowl have we seen two offenses that are this that this good, explosive. I mean, we had the Bucks. I guess the Bucks and Chiefs. Um, what was the? I mean, the Bucks blew them out. What was the uh, score at halftime? I wonder. Last uh, year. Let's see. I felt was, like that game was over. The, it wasn't as as close as you, as you would think it was. Um, I don't know what the final score is. Let's 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 look here. I got it right here. So the final score was thirty-one to nine. But the Bucks at halftime are winning twenty-one to six. So I mean, the Bucks did their part, right? They had three touchdowns in the first half. The Chiefs just didn't show up. Uh, well, I shouldn't say they didn't show up. The Bucks defense showed up the entire game. Um, I don't think you see that this game. I think both teams are gonna, like I said, be seventeen points or more in the first half. Yeah. See, I don't. I don't. I just don't see. I think. It's going to be lopsided by the first half. And one of these teams is only going to score seven seven points, while the other is going to score 17 points. Because I think that either the Rams or the Bengals are going to have to make an adjustment uh, by halftime. Basically saying, like, this doesn't work. This is not working. We cannot do this. And I think that I think I envision the Rams being up early. Because the Rams are going to play it safe, right? They don't want to give any sacks to Joe Burrows. They don't want to, you know, have Aaron Donald sacking Joe Burrows. That's not good for the team psychic, right? So I think they're going to play it safe. I think when they, they're going to fall behind, I think they're going to be 20, 20 to 7 or 17 to 7 by the half. And then they're going to turn it up. Basically, the same thing that they did against the Chiefs. When they fall behind, is Joe Burrow's time. Yeah, well, I think, like I said, I you don't want to fall too far behind against the Rams because that's when, you know, Donald and uh, who's the defensive end again for the Rams. That's when they pin their ears back and they go after you, and then you know you got an offensive line that's a little bit of a concern, even though they played better last week. Um, that's something you want to stay out of i don't think you want to fall behind by like 10 10 points um it's not to say that they're not capable of scoring the Bengals are of course they are but this rams defense at least in my eyes they got more playmakers that can get to the quarterback than the than the chiefs um so i do trust them a little bit more than i i did the chiefs and i don't think you can expect the Bengals to have two games in a row where they're down double digits and have to make that adjustment to come back in the second half i think that's you know you might be able to do that against kansas city you're not going to be able to do that against the rams yeah so i'm looking at the four of the last five super bowls uh the winner has scored over 30 points 
the only the one the low the lonesome Super Bowl is the one from 2019 when New England won 13 to three. So, and that was that was definitely a good. And I don't think New England had a number one defense in 2019. They they were just you know they just figured out Mike Vay. Um, so one of these teams is definitely scoring 30 or more points. I think. Uh, and you think so? In this, so if you see 17-17 in the first half, what do you see in the second half? Second half, I think it'll be a little bit more of a struggle um, for both teams, and I think it's going to come down to the end. But uh, at the end of the day, I do see this going over forty-eight. You said it's forty-eight, forty-eight and a half. Forty-nine, forty-nine points. Forty-nine. I, I see it going over that. I think both teams are going to score, you know, twenty-five or more. Um, I see it being like a, you know, a thirty to like twenty-seven type of ball game so um you know so so do you see this game coming down to the field goal because cincinnati every game i think they've won didn't it come down to a field goal? i think that kansas city game was the only one that they didn't but yeah i mean i think it can come down to a field goal um or it can be you know, somebody making a let's let's say, and I haven't really made my mind up, but I I I am cheering, even though I'm a Steelers fan, I'm cheering for the Bengals a little bit with this game. But suppose the 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 Bengals are up, you know, thirty to twenty-seven, and the uh, the Rams are driving to either tie the game or win it at the end. This is where the defense is going to have to step up. Somebody on the Bengals will step up and make a play. To end the game, that's the type of game I, I expect. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be a you know less than three point game either either way. Well, if if it comes down to a field goal or if it comes down to a three point game, I'm definitely giving it to the Cincinnati Bengals because they've. I feel like they've already. That's how they won basically all season. They either. One by three, or they completely blew out the opposition. Um, I don't think the Rams, you know, except for last week against the 49ers, I don't see them winning close games. I think that they they tighten up. And the, as opposed to the Bengals who do the opposite, right? When the Colts comes to close games, they, they don't tighten up. Mm-hmm. So, you know... You think the... What are you expecting from a home field advantage since this game is in you know in California? What are you what are you expecting? I'm not expecting home field advantage unless the Rams were like literally given tickets away. <laughs> because I looked at the prices for tickets, they were like seventeen, five, ten, fifteen grand for one ticket. So that's automatically right there tells the fans you can't afford to come to this game or if you're a season ticket holder i doubt you're gonna sell your ticket unless you know you sell it for 10 grand so it's i don't think that that's gonna happen i think it's gonna be 50 50 i know that there's a lot of corporate people that come to these games it's not even real fans i would say unless again you can afford it 
So I, I do I believe it's gonna be a 50-50 I think it's gonna be Bengals and Rams uh, fans I don't think I don't think it's it's gonna be like last year where you had home field advantage right mm-hmm. So yeah I mean I think that they they are gonna go over the 49 point and I do see them if the Bengals are behind in the first half they'll catch up I think that they have the firepower. And you know, if the Rams are up by 14 points, I'm gonna give the victory to the Rams. If it's a close game and you're thinking about 27-27 or you know 35-35, I'm gonna give it to the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that they can win the tight games. So it just it, to me it just depends on like what kind of game we have. I think that. The Rams defense is going to step up, but I think that Cincinnati Bengals can make the adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, I think all we, we want is a really good game. I would hate to see the Bengals, because I th- do think they are the underdogs. I would hate to see them play with this much swag and uh, make it this far to go out and lay an egg. Um, I don't expect that to happen. Um but you never know. It is a Super Bowl. First time for Burrow. First time for his coach. First time for Jamar Chase. Lots of newbies, right, uh, on the Bengals side. Whereas, you know, the Rams, you got a lot of veterans. You know, maybe first time for Super Bowl for most of their players. But it's still a veteran presence on the Rams for sure. Um, and, I, you know, they do have the advantage with a little bit of an advantage, I think, with home field. Um, and, you know, McVay isn't scared. You know, that dude's going to... He's going to find, you know, some way of like coming out with like a trick play or something to uh, get a big play or two. So he doesn't play scared at all. Um, Bengals are going to have to figure out how to match that uh, intensity. Um, and they're going to have to hang on, I think, in the, in the first half, keep it close. Um, and then like just execute, you know, whoever executes most in the second half, I think is going to be the winner. Yeah, I mean, see, it's so weird because we're recording this on Sunday, so it's a whole whole week is going to go by before we even know, before we even play this game. And I'm just waiting for one of these players to fuck up this week. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just expecting for that, oh, he was caught with a prostitute, or oh, he was caught DUI, or, you know. One of these players are going to mess it up and that line is going to move and that's going to be like the story of the week. Um, and I don't I don't know. I can't really tell who's going to mess up first. Is it going to be the Rams because they are they are home and they're like, you know, maybe it's going to be the Bengals because there's new the lights and all the groupies. I don't know. This is a tough one. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't come down to that either. You know, hopefully they're both both teams are um, focused and uh, you know that's the problem not just playing in the Super Bowl but having like the extra week off you know it's extra seven days of like potentially being distracted um, you know from winning so you know that's it's a good point that yeah anything can happen but you know I think regardless of what happens um, you know I think most of the players will be in line they'll stay remain focused and this week, you know, now that we're in the Super Bowl week, I think they'll they'll be pretty occupied either way with like press conferences and stuff like that. If anything was going to happen, it was going to be 
probably last week i would i would imagine so um you know we'll, we'll see hopefully nothing happens like i said uh until we get to sunday well it's it's, it's nice to be hopeful that nothing happens but we're human beings here and the thing is with the la rams they're home you know i don't know it's just because they're playing this this football game at home i feel like that that gives them less of a chance to screw up because there's fam- there's gonna be family members around there's gonna be uh you know you sleep in the same bed all you have to worry about is getting tickets when you talk about the Bengals, you know, they stay in a hotel, they got curfews. I mean, it's going to be a lot harder for them. So, again, Zach Taylor has proved me wrong this season with his coaching. Coach of the year, probably. Can he keep the the Bengals focused on this game? That's going to be the big question this week. Because, you know, as we've seen in the past, this is the week where the media just goes stir crazy mm-hmm. and you know the practices aren't really practices they're just kind of walkthroughs so it's you know this is this is a week that you know we learn who's who wants it more as far as the coaching is involved right yeah yeah well i think they both want it but you know i i think they'll have to go out and and grab it and it's not going to be given to them so um, like I said, I expect a good game. I would have expected probably a good game if it was like Kansas City too, or in the 49ers uh, as well. Um, so, so I know I know this is I know we're we're early and we um, we don't think that anything exciting is going to happen. What we hope so, anyways. So, I, who are you leaning? And this is you know a rough prediction. What will be your final score in this game? So, I, I, you know, I, I'm going to say 30 to 27. And, you know, I, I yeah, I'm going to stick with 30 to 27, the Bengals winning. So do you think this is a last-second field goal, or do you think that they just run out the clock? I think they end up running out the clock. I think they take the lead, you know, with, like, less than two minutes. But, you know, then... Unfortunately, the Rams, unfortunately for them, they aren't able to, to come down and, and tie or uh, win the game at the end. Yeah, I'm going to pick the safe the, 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 the safe bet here and go Rams 35 and Cincinnati 27. I think they win by a, by a touchdown. Well, 28, sorry. So I think they win by a touchdown. I think that, you know, the Bengals fall behind and then they just start chucking it um so i i think that eventually one of these halves the Rams steps up the defense steps up i don't know if they do it in the first half or do it in the second half but i do see them stepping up um and again don't kill us if we get this wrong and something happened this week where somebody's leg is broken so <laughs> i don't know anything can happen this week but i think that you're going for Cincinnati. I'm going for the Rams. Maybe I'll borrow that T-shirt that you have. Yeah. Uh, for one game. <laughs> um, and then, because this is the second to last podcast that we're going to do. And then we're going to start season two. But we're going to do a preview of the draft. 
But should we should that be the start of season two or should that be the end of season one? Start of season two. Um, and we don't, I mean, the draft's not till April 28th, I believe. So yeah. I say the start of season two, we can start talking about, you know, next year and what we expect for our teams. Yeah, we can do that then for season two. And then the awards show, I thought it was this Thursday, but I was wrong. It's not this past Thursday, but it's com- this coming Thursday. Mm-hmm. So we'll have something other than the Super Bowl final to talk about. And then if there are any other new news on the Brian Flores front, we'll talk about that as well. So until next week, I'm going to say peace. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Please send your questions and or suggestions to shut your mouth podcast that's shut ym podcast at gmail.com you can always reach us via twitter at shut your mouth podcast or dm us at the gram at shut your mouth podcast again s-h-u-t-y-m podcast until next time see ya peace